Ready. I forgot what I said, but we were saying Go. something in the lines of uh, uh, doing nothing, only have seven viewers, working out and warming up because we need a warm up to get going. And what's the better way to get going both in this conversation and on exercising is warming up. How do we warm up, guys? That's the question I pose to you today. I am drinking a lot of coffee right now, which is why I'm like this. So ignore the excitement. Unless I this like, is what you want. I like the way you are. Is right. this, what our, this is what our viewers want. Is this what it is? My excitement. Anyway, continue. You're ranting continue in a church, yes. <laughs> There. I've fulfilled my duties. Host. All right. Well, uh, how about this? I'll push it a little bit forward um, since we since you haven't well, introduced our guest. <laughs> you want to do that? You can do that. That's fine. I can introduce myself too. Go for it. Hi, Team GPT podcast listeners, um, all five of you. My name is Sophia. I'm on Team GPT, and I'm also a physical therapist at Prolete Physical Therapy in Milford. Um, I have a orthopedics, but I also like women's health-based topics, and um, yeah, so I love applying powerlifting and physical therapy-related stuff together, and hope I can share some of my insights on warming up for powerlifting and any other form of strength sports to help GPT members and others. And more. And more. And, and, anyone, and anyone that's listening. The five listeners. Yeah, I'm ready. Um, so, but in general, yeah, uh, I was gonna say uh, we want to talk about how, um, as fitness experts, like um, in different uh, sort of specialties, like so, what's like a good general warm ups people should be doing, um, and then does that change in regards to uh, sports specific or powerlifting specific, um, whether that be raw or equipped, and if you're rehabbing, what exercises you should be doing for that, or what you should be focusing on when you're sort of coming out of rehab or going into rehab in terms of a warm up and trying to stay healthy for that. Definitely. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about all these things. Um, but yeah, so I'm ready to start wherever you want to start on specific yeah, general. So I, I, I was going to leave in a little bit different. Like, so right now, I guess in fitness, there's this movement towards not really warming up, uh, just kind of coming in. If you're going to squat that day, then, you, you start by getting under a bar and squatting the bar until you're ready to go. Um, and if that takes one set or five sets, then you kind of just do that. Or if after a few sets, you're not really feeling it, then you kind of take a step back um, and maybe do some other things. I'm not on that same page. I know. So if you're closer with me on that than other people, um, I would prefer an actual warm up first and then get into lifting. Um, I don't think you should just jump right in. I think you have to actually if nothing else, get warm, um, which I know you can do by just doing the exercise, but most people that are getting into the gym have been sitting for eight to 10 hours or have been working and doing the same thing repetitively over and over. So they're not really prepared to do the task at hand. And I think coming in and, and doing a few other movements to get ready uh, more than just getting warm is probably a good idea. Um, so if you want to jump in on that. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, I think that it's all related to context. It's like you said, you know, some people may come in after sitting for eight hours and naturally may need a little more time stretching 
versus someone else who, you know, like myself, I'm kind of lucky where I get to stand the majority of my day. Um, but it really just kind of depends on the movement, but you want to be prepared to handle that movement. And so um, you kind of want to take it a little bit differently every day. Um, for example, you know, I go hiking sometimes. So if I squat the day after I go hiking, I may spend a little more time stretching versus a normal day of squatting. Um, so just kind of listening to your body and seeing what you need and taking it from there. Yeah, I think that's, that's the, it's just kind of specific to what you're doing. It's not like a one size fits all one for every single person, but the general premise is just get warm, move in some range of motion. You're going to end up doing your workout anyway. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I, I like to do, and not that everyone's going to do the same thing. Um, like you said, everything's going to be a little bit different. And some people like you have to kind of find out what works best for you too. Um, I like the idea of just doing a general warm up. you know, getting moving somehow to up your body temperature, break a sweat, whether that just be some like easy cardio, like hop on a bike for five minutes, whatever it is. Um, and then I like doing, um, or programming, uh, like core work, like core stability stuff. Uh, like McGill's big three is good. And then kind of work out for mobility from there. I like getting some stuff kind of ready before we go. So if we're doing, um, if we're lifting, I do like to get like the rotator cuff fired up a little bit, uh, just for, if we're doing upper body work to be ready for, for lower body work, just so you're not getting that like squatter shoulder and squatter elbow under, under the bar. Um, I like doing, uh, some hip work, some hip mobility and glute work. So I really like shin boxes where you can get, um, some external and in, in, internal rotation at the same time and get some glute work by coming up and, um, lifting through that position. Um, I, like I said, I like breaking it down and doing some movements first. I think, um, so and I have talked about this before, like it doesn't necessarily have to be like a 25 minute warm up and 15 different moves. It can be pick like three moves that are going to hit a lot. Um, get moving and, you know, increase your range of motion as you're doing them, you know, start preparing for it and then still get under the bar and, you know, gradually warm up at the bar too, more specifically. But I don't, I, I just, I don't like getting under the bar without doing anything else. Um, especially if you've got either old injuries uh, that, you know, like to act up or, you know, maybe something's bothering you. I think just getting under and doing a couple extra sets of the bar is not the way that's going to get you prepared to do what you want to do. And I don't think it's going to help you feel better. I think you're just going to, you know, maintain the status quo or get worse. So, you know, as maybe when you're healthy and you've got nothing going on and maybe you were you had an easier day, you don't have to do all these things. Or maybe your warm up takes six minutes instead of 10 minutes, but I think you got to do something. Um, so as like, you know, like as a PT, like what would be your perfect warm-up? Um, definitely depends on the person. But like you said, I don't really do too many movements. I'll choose kind of like three to five of big bang for your buck movements. So things that get multiple things kind of going at the same time. Like uh, I love things like Spider-Mans. Those are great. Like opens my hips, but also opens kind of back shoulders at the same time. Um, or something that kind of gives you a stretch with kind of some form of muscle activation, squeezing, um, like a hip rock back with maybe a fire hydrant added in at the top um, to get some kind of butt squeezing before, uh, maybe like a sumo deadlift day. Uh, depends on what you're doing. But I think you can also warm up in the middle of your workout. So I think 
some people like front load all their warm ups and they're like, hey, okay, I'm going to do this all at the beginning. Um, but sometimes I can squish something in right before I bench. Like um, you can do kind of that full arch bridge with your arms over your shoulders to kind of get your low back opened up before benching, especially if you have a big arch um, or maybe like some YTW kind of thing on the bench to uh, get your scap moving the way you wanted to before benching. But um, I think that's a big thing about warm-ups too, is that they don't always have to be done at the beginning. Um, but yeah, at the beginning, just kind of get moving, get some things firing and then get under the bar. Yeah, I think we, I think a lot of us do the same. It's just different kind of creativity of what you want to do. We're all targeting the same, like you said, if we're doing upper body stuff, we want to get some kind of rotator cuff mobility going, just some range of motion. But like, you're right, it doesn't have to be exactly like, it doesn't have to be, I think the argument with this is always like time where like people think like, oh, you're wasting time on all these movements, but all these movements probably have a place in your workout, but you're arguing over the semantic of when it is. So if we do a band pull apart between our warm up sets or like our second exercise or something, um, I think the argument always comes down to like when we're doing it, how long it takes. But we're, I don't think people disagree on like the things we're doing. Like we just have different ideas on maybe when to place them. But in general, I think towards the beginning is the general idea, just so you warm. But. Well, I think, I think you'll see some I don't know, you'll see some more dissension on how we're doing things just on, on certain things. So I know, uh, Soph and I don't always agree on this one, but I think, um, Brian, you agree with me a little bit more on, the, like, on um, foam rolling, self-myofascial release, whatever you want to call it. Like, I generally tell people, especially when they're new to training with us, uh, that they should do a full body rolling session. Um, I basically just took that one from Eric Cressy where he, you start in the ground and you roll from your feet all the way up to your, um, your rotator cuff and like down to your lats and triceps. But um, my kind of thing is I'll tell people like hit it for 10, 15 seconds. If you feel like nothing from it, move on. Um, maybe the next time you don't need to roll that spot. Um, or if you find a spot that you're like, Ooh, that does feel a lot worse than normal. Um, roll it out. I don't think it right. There's a, I would say there's a backlash against a lot of that right now saying that it's a complete waste of time. And I, don't agree with almost anything that's a complete waste of time. Um, I think you're just going to, like we've said a few times already, it's up to the person. Um, I know some of our members love to do it, and if they don't do it, they don't feel as good under the bar. Uh, and some of them would never even think twice of touching a foam roller. Um, but I think try it. Um, so like I said, that's one I know right, a lot of people don't agree with. Um, but I don't think it's doing any damage. And if you're talking a full body thing, you should be able to roll out your full body in three to five minutes. Um, and if you're doing it well and you're moving quickly, you're probably going to break a sweat just from doing that because you're on your hands, moving your whole body on the roller. Uh, you're starting to get up on your feet and, and roll, uh, you know, roll the, the bottoms of your feet. Uh, so you're moving around a lot already. So I, to me, I think that's a pretty good warm up right there. Like I said, you're getting warm you're, and you're finding out what maybe is a little off or angry that day like i said if nothing feels bad okay cool roll but go right into the next thing but if you're like man that that feels a lot worse than normal maybe give it a little more time and maybe then pick your your warm-up movements for that um you know so if your hamstrings for whatever reason are just aren't playing nice when you're foam rolling maybe you do something to open up your hamstrings a little bit and move through a little bit range of motion before you start to squat instead of just squatting um that's a big one for me that I know a lot of people right now are not 
four. Um, but again, is that so? The, I always see the argument of the whole idea of nocebo or, or not selling something they need something, and I I get it. I, I just don't know. I think it's all context. Like the way you just phrase it, it's like if you're a beginner, try it out. All these things are just like we're speaking in like absolutes when we're in an industry that doesn't need to resolve around absolutes. Like try it. It, it seems to help a lot of people. This tool helps people see if you like it. If you hate it, if it's a, if you feel it's a complete waste of your time, that's your decision. To someone like me, I find value in it, but that's just my opinion. I don't think it needs to be such hard like statements as like, no, this is a complete waste of time. Is it? Is it a complete waste of time or is it just you don't like doing it or don't respond well to it? Um, right. I think you use a good word to describe it saying tool. Um, I think of it as a tool for the toolbox. So in PT, we like to say that we have like our physical therapy toolbox and foam rolling is just another tool to stick in there. You know, I personally, I don't necessarily foam roll a lot. Um, you know, the research isn't necessarily there for long-term changes, but that being said, there's a time and a place for it. And if it makes you feel good and, and sometimes we just need to do something because it feels good. You know, sometimes we're just kind of beat up because we beat our bodies up and um, sometimes something's more than just doing something because of X, Y, Z, but it's just doing something because, you know, you want to do it for yourself to feel better before you get under the bar. And, um, that being said, I don't necessarily spend like a half hour doing it, you know, should be done in like five minutes and then, um, spend some time on other things that will give you a little more bang for your buck, but yeah. See, I brought that up because I knew so it wouldn't be on the same page as me on that one. Um, <laughs> I know, and I know that you're not, you're not on the opposite end either. So you're, you're more than, I mean, we're both kind of in the middle, just I'm maybe a little bit more to one side than you are, but there's some people that like, you know, their, their clients have to foam roll on every session. Yeah. Um, and there's other people that will tell you that foam rolling is a waste of your time and your money, which again, I think that's ridiculous. Like if you want to do it, if it makes you feel good in the moment to tell me it's wrong, I think is insane. Um, and I know you said like there's no uh, research for the long-term changes, but there is some research that shows that in the short term that rolling can affect the um, short-term, um, like, you know, maybe it increases the range of motion, but the proper reception. And I think part of the problem with a lot of people is they don't know why it's happening. The science doesn't have an answer yet. But on the other hand, there's not science for like placebos, but they work anyway. Um, so my feeling is like, try it. If it feels good, then keep doing it. If it doesn't feel good, then maybe don't worry about it. Don't waste your time. Um, but if you've got someone who like is limited on range of motion, why not try that, then do a range of motion drill and then try to, uh, hammer it home with an, you know, a loaded exercise. Uh, you know, so maybe something like I said, like with the hips, like if we're trying to work on introduction rotation to get through there and roll out your hips and roll out your glutes and then to go through some shin boxes. So now maybe you can get a little bit more range of motion because you just uh, rolled out a little bit and then go into you know, your deep squats or your lateral, uh, lateral movements to open up, um, more external rotation too. I think like I said there, you can at least try it. Um, the nocebo thing to me is a little weird because there's so much evidence that placebos work. So I don't even comprehend the nocebo idea. Um, if it works for you, it works for you. Um, and if you don't like it, then don't do it. Um, but another one like that self mentioned, like you, you were used the word stretching a few times. That's another one that if you tell some people to stretch, 
they're going to lose their mind. Stretching is the enemy. Like it's not going to make you any better. It doesn't make the muscle longer. It doesn't do anything. Um, but like, not to throw some of our members on the bus, but I know like you've worked with a couple of our members and some of the things you gave were stretching and they felt better and they got better fairly quickly. So tell me your thoughts on stretching. <laughs> um, I think that's where I probably spend, you know, I think it definitely depends on the athlete. And I think the powerlifting and like strength community tends to shy away from stretching because we a very strength-based sport and so you know we do have kind of that balance being between kind of our strength and that flexibility mobility standpoint and you want to kind of think of that there um, I think people shy away from it in this sport because we want to lean towards that stability um, but there's still a lot of beneficial um, gains to being more flexible in the sport um, talk to any sumo puller and they'll tell you that flexibility is really important for getting in those positions or talk to anyone who can't pull sumo because they're not flexible enough to tolerate that yet. Um, so, you know, there's definitely a time and a place for stretching. Um, you know, I mean, I even love taking yoga classes. There's been a lot of research on the benefits of yoga. Um, but like, you know, if you talk to a flexibility based athlete, they'll tell you it's super important to stretch. Like think about your gymnasts and yeah, they're also powerful. Um, but they also take some time to stretch. So I definitely think it's important. Um, that being said, I do tend to do more of a dynamic based stretching for power lifters versus too much like static holding. Um, but yeah. What about someone coming from an injury though? So like, so, you know, someone coming in with, you know, piriformis syndrome, cause I know you've worked with someone, um, from us, like with that issue or I don't know, you know, just. Like I said, coming from an injury standpoint, how would you change that? Or would uh, you change yeah. that? Um, it depends on what I find on their assessment. So I just kind of do a basic like full body assessment. And there you can kind of see where someone may be just like making some compensations or could benefit from opening up a little bit more. Um, or even just kind of keeping in mind that people have other demands on their body besides powerlifting. Um, for example, one of our like mutual clients um, just has like a very physically demanding job where literally just doing manual labor for eight hours a day and then plowing some three hours of lifting on top of it that what his body needs is to just kind of calm down and relax and um, move through some gentler movements and that's where kind of stretching has its role. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's, it all, that kind of just all depends on the the person that I think we have a lot of people like that at the gym too who are just like whether it's like manual labor or sitting and they both have something where it's like even just general population it's just like people deal with this stuff all the time so maybe including something that's personal to them like find a benefit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it goes back to we've said like ten times already about it. Each each one's individual. I think we need to do a little bit better about assessing people before they do things. Um, we, I get people all the time that are like, oh, my hip flexors are tight. And then we'll throw them up on a table and do a Thomas test and they pass. No problem. Um, Steph is a good one for that. Steph, um, if you watch her, she'll, she will constantly, uh, punch her hip, um, cause she thinks her hip flexors are tight and her, and her and I went through a long assessment and showed her stuff and we did the Thomas test and she was fine. And we laid her on the ground, didn't act straight leg raise. And she was really bad at that. And she said, oh, it's because my hamstrings are so tight too. And so I passively went through with her and she had tons of range of motion 
passively, but had very little actively. Um, and we looked at it and realized like her hip flexors were actually just really weak. So they were kind of like on tone all the time. They were just, so they felt tight. Um, so she was having trouble with that movement. And once we did that, uh, we did some hip flexor strengthening. She said she could feel a difference through that. Her actor's leg raise got better. So all of a sudden her hamstrings felt looser. We never even touched her hamstrings. Um, we didn't stretch anything. She had been stretching forever and it wasn't getting any better. Um, so like I said, it, it, we, over and over, it just depends. I'm, I tell everyone all the time, if someone gives you a 100% definitive answer, they're wrong. Uh, it's always, it depends because like we could have strengthened her hip flexors and gotten her better, but maybe we do that with someone else and it would have done nothing. And maybe they feel the same issue. Maybe, but maybe the other person actually is tight. Um, and tight can mean a bunch of different things too. So that's why like the warm up. I find warmups to be a little bit more difficult to personally write for people than it is for, for workouts because we're trying to do it quickly enough that they're not getting annoyed and adding on to the workout but also making sure that we're trying to keep them healthy and prepare them to lift a shitload of weight, uh, which is not a normal human thing to do. Um, so I find warmups to be pretty difficult. Like I said, I, and like some people are so different. I, um, someone was joking with me the other day how I can walk into the gym and I can hit an ass or grass squat, no warm up, doesn't matter, it's fine. Um, and I can do that, and that's I can probably get under a bar and start squatting immediately, and not ha have to do much of a warm up. But if I did that for bench, I would be fucked by ninety five pounds. Um, my shoulder would just be done. I need to do a pretty good warm up for my shoulder to be able to bench. So, yeah, maybe on squat day I could roll in and just do a couple quick movements and start squatting. But on bench day, I got I better do a lot more than that. Otherwise, I'm going to feel terrible. Um, so I think like, you know, we've said this, you got to try it and see, like if, if you do a 20 minute warm up and you just feel like you wasted time and you didn't feel any different in the workout itself, make it shorter. Um, if you do a five minute warm up and you don't feel like you're ready, then make it longer. Um, the other one I like from Mike Deshear, I talked about this one a, a few times and people hate me for this one, but Mike always talks about um, load and lift. So when you're warming up, up to like 60 ish percent, um, you know, get under the bar, take your set of 10 reps, whatever it is, load the load, immediately load the next weight on, do your next warm up set, load the next weight, do your next warm up set. So you're basically just going back and forth. You're not even taking time doing anything. By the time you get to 60 or 70%, you're probably out of breath and that's about time you need a break. Um, and now you can slow down because now you're getting up towards your work sets. But I really like that idea. I think when people are taking, you know, four or five minutes in between warm up sets, then that's, that's where a lot of time is wasted. Um, I think if they cut that down, you could see that you could probably get out of the gym faster and feel better. And that complaint about, I don't have enough time to warm up would go away pretty quickly if it was a little bit more focused. Um, so, so what do you, what like favorite warm up exercises go? Uh, favorite warm up exercise. Okay, pick three. Uh, Spider-Man is definitely one of the three. Um, ooh, let me see. Oh, this is a good question. I'm going to get sponsored by Diet Coke. <laughs> um, ooh, inchworms. Inchworms would be a great one, too, because you get um, some nice stretching of the hamstrings, but you're also getting some core activation and some shoulder stability going, so inchworms definitely on there. 
Um, ooh, oh, I, like, I like this. Um, it's a walk, like, you know, those old school walking exercises, like in a lap. Uh, it's a single leg RDL into mm -hmm. a backwards lunge, kind of hip yeah. flexor stretch, um, and kind of doing a whole lap back and forth of that. So those would be my top three right there. All right, Brian, go. Uh, um, I don't know if I have a favorite three, it kind of rotates, but I know no matter who it is, if it's gen pop, powerlifting, whatever, I, I think my go-to was always squat, pull aparts, and plank. I think that's just like the basics to start with. I don't know if I could pick three favorites, maybe, we do shin boxes a lot. I like doing races with shin box. Yeah. Um, any kind of plank variation, just to kind of get some interdominal pressure and get. I think planks, if you actually focus on, like, have you taught me this or not? But the big diaphragmatic um, breaths while holding a plank, uh, one teaches people how to actually brace. So I always go back to that. Like, remember that in the beginning we did the bracing. That's always a good for teaching tool and. Uh, I don't know. I don't like inchworms personally, but they're a great warm up. So, yeah, that'll work. Well, Syed, what do you not like that I give you for a warm up, or vice versa? What do you like that I give you for a warm up? Um, things I don't like. Actually, this what uh, is really good with our programming is that a lot of the warm up is very dynamic. So, like when I do the the carry medley, like overhead ninety ninety, uh, way to the front rack and side like it really warms up my shoulder which is great especially now that i'm doing olympic lifting it really hits it um one thing i don't like is that you don't give me uh turkish get-ups anymore <laughs> right those were the worst but also awesome at the same time it's that i felt like i was actually warming up and it was when done properly is very difficult mm -hmm. but I, I would do like two sets on each side and I'd be ready to go um and uh, yeah, that's uh, um, I hate when you give me cardio, but that's just generally I just don't like that. I think that we had this conversation before, Ryan. I mean, I was like, if you had one exercise to give to someone, only one that hits the whole body, what would you do? And I was like, I squat. And I didn't even think of like get up. Is like a get up, a Turkish get up is like the number one thing. Like if you had to give one person one thing to do, that that probably the one thing I could think of doing. Yeah, I. I I think that's where I differ from a lot of people is I, I don't go to the powerlifting stuff necessarily. Get up would definitely be my, my go-to. Um, I think so I like saying that one, that's a really good one for the warm-ups. I used to write that in everyone's program every day and they got really fucking pissed off at me. So we stopped doing it for a long time. Um, but no, like, uh, like uh, Brian used to the shin boxes. I love doing shin boxes. Cause like I said, you get internal extra rotation, you get some glute work and you get some hip stretching if you need it. Uh, interim. So if like, I love those. Um, I actually, when people intern with me, I make them write an entire warm-up based around inchworms and chin boxes. Um, and we turn those into pretty, you know, crazy exercises where we'll go like a shin, like we'll roll back and forth into a shin box and then we'll come up with a squeeze the glutes, come up into a normal position and sit back down softly, roll the other side, come back up. We'll go and we'll do that. And then we'll add in like step forward into a lunge, uh, lean forward to drive into ankle mobility, rotate at the upper body to get some T-spine, lift overhead to get more psoas stretch. Like, so it's, it's a shin box that we then add like nine layers to. Um, same thing with like the inchworm, we'll go inchworm, come back to hit a little bit, you know, hamstring stretch, we'll go into it again, go into a Spider-Man stretch on both sides, add that upper body rotation again, both ways to get some more T-spine, uh, really try to drive forward to get more ankle mobility. So like, so we're hitting like, we can hit like eight, to 10 things with like two or three movements. Um, 
I like the carries, like Syed said, I give those to basically everyone because um, you're getting some rotator cuff work, some grip work, some core work by not leaning over while you're doing unilateral. And because you're moving, you're actually getting warm. Um, you know, I'll go back to that old school mindset of a warm up requires you to get warm. Um, I feel like breaking a sweat is a good thing. Um, a lot of times powerlifters will work out for three hours and never once like sweat. Well, you know, they'll like, and part of that, I know the gym is cold. Um, but it, part of it's because, you know, they do 15 total sets and there's six minutes in between sets and they're like, they're, it's just not a lot of work. Um, and I'm not trying to piss people off. Like I know we, I give a lot of work. The three of you can attest to that. I give a lot of extra assistance work to work on, um, uh, all the weaknesses. And if you keep cranking those, like it's a lot, um, but to jump in and do those cold, I'm not sure that would be fun. Um, like, so if someone like for gymnasts, like if, I mean, I used to be very flexible. Um, I still would not want to drop into a split cold. That would not, that would not feel good. I would probably tear something. Um, not saying I could hit a split anymore anyway, but if I warmed up for it, I'd be better. Um, so, can't do a split scheme once. I'm like, like it's a normal thing to be called. <laughs>